Chapter 37 of Genesis begins the story of Yosef, the story of Joseph, the sale of Joseph, Joseph in Egypt, separation of Joseph from the family, and the ultimate reunification of Joseph with his brothers and, and father. Torah tells us in chapter 37 that Yosef, Joseph, is a uh, young person, 17 years old, a shepherd together with his brothers, and that Joseph would bring back evil report to his father. Actually, it's not clear if the Torah means he would simply tell the father uh, bad things the brothers were doing, or whether he would tell his father bad things the brothers were saying, and possibly even about Yaakov himself. We know that at the end of chapter 35, at the end of chapter 34, when Yaakov criticized Shimon and Levi uh, for the massacre of Shechem, you have made me look bad, he said, you've jeopardized the family. And the last verse of chapter 34 of they said, should he treat our sister like a prostitute? So it doesn't say they said to him. It says they said to each other about him. And perhaps Joseph is reporting back in 37 that which the brothers are saying. In either event, whether it's what the brothers are doing or what the brothers are saying, in the Torah generally, is quite negative. One might have expected Yaakov to chastise his son Joseph, but remarkably, in the very next verse, in verse number three, it says, That Jacob loved his son more than any other of his children. He made for him a special coat. In other words, it's not just that he loves Joseph more than the others, but he makes a public demonstration of it. And the coat is probably not just a sign of affection, but perhaps a sign of leadership as well. Often the coat represents a kind of leadership. And it is true in the very book of Genesis itself that the coat is significant in terms of position and leadership. The brothers see this. The brothers see. The the brothers saw, they can see the cult. And they hated him. The him refers presumably to Joseph. They could not speak to Joseph, to him, to Joseph in peace. So we have a situation now where one set of brothers has enmity towards a brother. Book of Genesis tells us about brothers the first set of brothers is Cain and Hevel. Cain kills Abel. So there is a history of enmity on the level of the patriarchal family, uh, Yishmael and Yitzchak, there's taunting, a mitzachek. There's no threat of, of harming Yitzchak, but there's the taunting and the teasing. When it comes to Esav, and Yaakov, we know that Esau considered killing Jacob. Jacob had to run away. And when it comes to Joseph in chapter 37, 
the brothers will actually try to kill Joseph. What precipitates uh, this harsh response is primarily the dreams that Joseph has. Joseph, the Torah tells us, has two sets of dreams. Not only does he have the dreams, but he informs his brothers, and in the second instance, his brothers and his father, about the dreams. And the dreams are rather transparent. The brothers, upon hearing the dreams, say, what? You're going to be a king over us? You're going to rule over us? It's obvious to them that the dream in which the sheaves of the brothers in the field bow down to Joseph's sheaf represent the idea that Joseph is sovereign, is dominant. In the second dream, Joseph dreams about 11 stars, sun and moon bowing down to Joseph. So these are dreams of power and of dominance. And the brothers deeply resent it. In fact, the Torah says, they hated him, and they hated him even more. At this point in our story, Yaakov steps in probably realizing at this point that it's reached perhaps a point of no return and there's great danger. Yaakov rebukes his son Joseph. What he says, do you think me and your mother and your brothers are going to come and bow down to you? And the Torah says that the brothers were jealous of Joseph. In verse number uh, 11, but his father, Shamar, kept the thing in mind, Shamar in biblical Hebrew can mean to remember. The father remembered it, but we know that we, the things we choose to remember are things that are important to us. Rashi comments, Shamar davar, not just remembered, but he wanted it to come true. Peace of Jacob wants that dream to come true. Then the Torah says that the brothers leave, the brothers leave to the city of Shechem, the shepherds, to shepherd the flock, but they don't take Joseph with them. Joseph stays behind. And now Jacob, speaking to Joseph, here the Torah switches from Yaakov to Yisrael, and one has the sense that this is a, a momentous event that's about to take place that will alter the history of the family. And Israel, which is Jacob, said, Are your brothers not in Shechem? Let me send you to them. And Joseph says, Hineni. Hineni means here I am. I will do your bidding. It's what Abraham said in the binding of Isaac. It's what Moses will say in the story of the burning bush. It's what Joseph says here. Hineni. And then Yaakov continues to speak. Go and inquire of the welfare of your brothers and the welfare of the flock. Bring me back a word. And he sent Joseph from the valley of Hebron, It's interesting that in the Torah, are your brothers not in Shechem? It sounds like if Joseph will meet his brothers in Shechem, Jacob feels everything can be patched up. He twice uses the word shalom, perhaps to reconcile Joseph with the brothers. 
In point of fact, the Torah tells us that Joseph does not meet his brothers in Shechem. He sets out for Shechem, but he gets lost on the way. To'er basodeh. Joseph gets lost. He is to'er. Now in the book of Genesis, getting lost, to'er, is not a function of a lack of direction. It typically says something problematic about the person. And what's interesting is that if we ask the question, why does the reconciliation of Joseph and the brothers not take place? In fact, quite the opposite takes place. Joseph ends up at the end of the chapter in Egypt. The brothers caused him to be sold to Egypt. What's the problem? And here I think the Torah suggests that there are three problems. One problem is a problem of Joseph. Joseph who slanders his brothers, Joseph who boasts and feels he must tell them about the dreams, and therefore Joseph gets lost. He doesn't arrive in time into Shrem. The brothers have already departed, says the Torah. The brothers, too, are guilty when they see Joseph coming towards them, and he comes to bring words of peace, as Jacob has instructed him. They saw him from a distance. Before he gets there, they conspired to kill him. So they're responsible. But it's also Jacob. The Jacob who favors Joseph, the Jacob who demonstrates his favoritism, and the Jacob who in fact wants the dreams to be true. When you want Joseph to be dominant, you can't at the same time be the mediator, be the reconciler of the two sides. The one who reconciles has to be objective, has to step out of the picture as it were. As it were. But no, Aviv Shamarit HaDavar, Jacob is, as Rashi says, he's not an uh, objective observer here. There's a piece of Jacob that favors Joseph, that always favored Joseph, and that wants these dreams to take place. And therefore, the way that Jacob sends Joseph to the brothers, Jacob himself has to be held responsible as well. In other words, we have a family which is in the process of dissolving. And the point of the chapter, among many other important points, is that if the family is ever going to be put together, each member, each one of these three parties has to be part of the solution. Not just the brothers and not just Joseph, but Jacob himself.